Arizona, Arizona Sports. The local sports, local leader. sports leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. We start today's 4 o'clock reset with the Phoenix Suns. Sun center DeAndre Ayton has been named Western Conference Player of the Week. After help guided the Suns to a perfect 3-0 record over the last week. Ayton after the win against the Jazz. I have to be ready to play every night. I cannot be that guy who's easing into games. For this team, I have to be that energizer, that dude who's making them plays, who's on the glass, who's dunking the ball, who's getting the crowd in it, setting hard screens, setting the tone of the physicality, moving people out the way. I'm the tone setter. When I do that, my team follows. 29 points, 21 rebounds, 2 blocks against the Jazz. I love it. 28 points, 12 rebounds, 2 blocks against the, the Pistons on Friday. Yeah. Wow. See, even last, we've, we've been teased this before and it doesn't always last with the Andre Ayton, but if that free throw is it sustainable, yeah, yeah, if the free throw attempts that's sustainable. He's yeah, got to be more aggressive and physical, and yeah. sixteen of them in the last two games that can be sustained. Sacramento tonight, Sabonis, yep. tougher matchup. Well, it be should be an interesting game. Still no Chris Paul, but you can hear DeAndre Ayton, D. Book, Mikel Bridges live on the Arizona Sports app and ninety eight seven Suns Kings. Also, congratulations to James Jones. He's been promoted by the organization to general manager and president of basketball operations. First thing I thought of when I saw this story, who promoted him? Sam Garvin? New, you know, not that they're any closer to getting a new owner, but a promotion like that has to come from above. It it has to go. Who is above? Right? It's Sam Garvin. It's Sam Garvin right now. But you would think, again, like a lot of things, new owner coming in. Now, he could just as easily not make James. I don't know why he would. But I, I saw a story like that, and I thought, I thought without an owner, it's an interesting time to get a promotion for James Jones, given that the owner's not allowed to make decisions that like is that. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. He's done a great job. As oh, yes. He deserves, every, he deserves every. He deserves it. I'm happy for him. Every bit of it. After losing the Territorial Cup on Friday, ASU football got busy assembling their coaching staff for next year. Yesterday, they introduced new head coach Kenny Dillingham. When you talk about a person and a family that's rooted here, that's me. Right? And my my, my whole family's up here. I'm sorry I'm emotional, but this is special. This place can be special, and it is special. We're going to hire people who believe in it. We're going to put our hearts into it. Right? And we're going to maximize every drop that we can get out of it. Right, and this is my dream job. Very passionate yesterday. Very passionate. Very. Very. I heard a great story about how like they offered him like a suite in a hotel. He's like, I'm just going to stay with my parents. <laughs> I'm just going to go home with mom and dad. I'm going to go home. Um, he was also Sleep in an old room. Very eager to talk about one of the coaches on his staff. Question: Could you ask me one more question? Are we? Could you ask me if we're retaining Sean Aguano? Are you retaining? Yes, Sean we are retaining Sean Aguano. <laughs> Probably the only coach that they'll retain. Um, he's already started to bring in coaches. Uh, there's you know, reports out there now that he's brought in uh, Vince Amy and Charlie Ragel, the special teams coach, and his former high school coach at Chaparral just stepped down from his position as the head coach at Idaho State. So starting to fill out that staff. Vince Amy, defensive line coach, played for the Sun Devils for a bunch of years. So uh, starting to get that staff well-rounded. Yeah, absolutely. Around college football, it was a busy weekend, and it yes. spilled over into the week. David Shaw resigned after 12 wow. seasons as Stanford coach. Yep. Just 
it was time. Been there for a long time. Winningest coach in Stanford history. 96 wins, 54 losses. Back-to-back three and nine seasons, though. Real tough for him the last couple of years. Wisconsin finalizing a deal to hire Cincinnati coach Luke Fickle. Lane yeah. Kiffin. Great agree- hire, by the way. Really, oh, great hire really by Wisconsin. Hire. Really good hire. Lane Kiffin agrees to a new contract to stay at Old Miss. Nebraska announces Matt Rule as the program's new coach. Yeah, because there was who was somebody was looking at Kiffin. Was it? Um, it was uh, Auburn. Was it Auburn? There was Auburn was that, looking that, at Kiffin. Yep. There was a report that Auburn had hired him, and he 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 shot that down in a big hurry. Like he yeah. almost took it personal. Got a new raise. Got some more money out of Ole Miss. Yeah, Matt Rule at Nebraska. That's a gr- good hire for them. I'd love to see them get back on top in college football. I always think when they're when they're good, it's good for college football. Hugh Freeze is going to be the next coach of Auburn. By the way, the embattled former Old Miss coach who's taken the Auburn job. Right. Following up on another Cardinals loss, head coach Cliff Kingsbury has ruled left tackle DJ Humphreys out for the rest of the season. Just wasn't progressing like we thought. We were hopeful for a while that maybe it was something he could come back the last few weeks and play, but at this point, that won't be possible. It's incredible, and, I, and, I, and you hate to use injuries as an excuse, but when you look at the amount of play, like man games lost and stuff for their, their injury-wise, I don't know that any team in the league has suffered more than the Cardinals have. No, and I just don't think that anybody has. It's it, and I, you're, you're not wrong. I just fans when things have gotten this bad, I don't know if they care. There was a note that Farrell Cooper was the 77th player the Cardinals have used in a game this season. That is the most in the NFL. They've used more players by necessity yes. than any other team in the end in the NFL because of the injuries. Fans typically don't care about stuff like yeah. that. Of course, you mentioned injuries. Today, Cliff Kingsbury was also asked if DeAndre Hopkins' relatively low snap count is also due to injury management. Yeah, just being smart um, through the bye. Hopefully through the bye, he can uh, get completely healed up and, and feel 100%. But we wanted to, to make sure that, that we got him to this point and didn't have any major setbacks. Interesting. I didn't realize that they were managing DeAndre Hopkins' snap counts, but they if people who have noticed those numbers notice that it's been a little bit low, and that might be the reason why. They're just trying to keep an eye on him to make sure he's going to be okay. Let's get him through the season, sure. Yeah, okay. just makes sense now. Yep, Cardinals lose to the L.A. Chargers yesterday. Cliff also said he's hopeful to get back either Rodney Hudson or Will Hernandez after the bye. <laughs> I know. Will Hernandez was a big feature on Hard Knocks last week. Yes. Being a Mexican heritage, the family, they followed him around a whole bit. He was a big portion of uh, of Hard Knocks, which has not lived up to the hype, by the way. Very disappointing uh, Hard Knocks this year. Very. Very disappointing. The Dallas Mavericks are going to sign Kemba Walker to boost their backcourt. Boy, it's been... They're on the outside looking in right now of the NBA's Western Conference standings. They wouldn't even get a play-in spot right now. Luka's having a tremendous year. He's got no help in that backcourt. They really no, miss Brunson. Really miss Jalen Brunson. They so do. they're bringing in Kemba Walker to see if he yeah, can help. I mean, it's it's worth a shot for them to try to bring Kemba in, see if they can get something out of him. But I think, again, I think the Mavs' plan is to really try to get a big free agent, not this summer, but next summer. Gambo's favorite team in the whole wide world, the 6-0 U of A Wildcats. Number four? number four in yeah. the top 25. Yeah. Well, you, know what I watched over my, uh, you know what I watched over my five-day Wait, break? Let me guess. U of A basketball. U of A in the Maui Classic, baby. <laughs> Taking down San Diego State and Creighton. Uh, yeah, I watched those kids. Boy, I love this new kid, Ramey. 
Courtney Ramey. He's good. Love that kid. Could shoot the ball. Hey, he's good. That's a nice addition. The transfer for the U of A. ASU men's basketball also got six votes for a spot in the top 25. They're 6-1 and one after their win over the weekend. Yeah, good for them. Uh, and in the World Cup, U.S. to face Iran in a do-or-die match there after we go. losing to Wales and pulling a nothing-nothing draw against England. Then it also says in parentheses, ask Gambo how Italy is doing in the World Cup just to make oh, him mad. Oh, man. Who put that in there? Was that four-time World Cup champions? Big game tomorrow. Big, Big game, game tomorrow. tomorrow for US. And yeah, Iran. and then something about like US USA social media like scrubbed like part of the Iranian flag. I I didn't like, see that whole oh, story, so right. I, I don't I don't so want to comment now, on it because I don't I don't know that much about. Like, it. I'm just thinking like, did you just like throw some gasoline on the fire? Did uh-huh. you just just motivate them to go kick your ass? They have to win. They can't tie or lose. USA has to win to advance. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it wasn't just one play that decided yesterday's game. It was actually about nine of them spread out over three series that went nowhere for the Cardinals. The key to the loss against the Chargers next on the Burns and Gambo show. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Anybody who watched that game yesterday, 25-24 loss to the LA Chargers. We all know what that game came down to. It was sometimes we can sit here and debate this is why, this is why, this is why they lost. This no, there's no debate about yesterday's game. With about ten and a half minutes to go, the Cardinals had a one touchdown lead. Not that that's a lot. Okay, it's not in today's NFL, but they had a one touch touchdown lead in time after time after time. The Cardinals had opportunities to put that game okay, away Lopper. by going into a four-minute offense, <laughs> converting a few first downs, and keeping the ball away from the Chargers. It was only a matter of time yeah. until the Chargers were able to break through and take one of those opportunities and turn them into a touchdown. Three drives, nine plays, 16 yards. Ball game. I agree with you. After the Isaiah Simmons sack, huge play in the game, right? Yep. It's third and seven. He comes up with a sack. It's like a 13-yard sack. It takes him from the 35 to the 48-yard line, moves him back. They got a punt now because they were talking about it on the broadcast like, hey, it's four-down territory. Without the sack, they might have actually, if that was just an incomplete pass, they may have went for it right there. But instead, you get the sack. They punted. Now, Arizona, Arizona gets the ball back. There's two minutes and 19 seconds left. Good offenses will put that game away. This is not a good offense. They couldn't put the game away. They ran James Conner for no gain. Then there was a sack, six-yard sack by Davis. Um, and then on a third and 16, they, they, gave, they gave it to Conner. They threw it to Conner for nine yards to create some room. They punt the ball with two minutes left That's and gave them plenty of time. So the Chargers take over at the Cardinals' 38-yard line after the return and the penalty. Minute 48 left, plenty of time. And they scored a touchdown, scored the, got the two-point conversion and won the game. Yeah, and that was it. I mean, there were, there were other moments, and we're going to play a few of them here yes. and talk about them. But, but just so we're all clear, just so we all know, and I know we all do, that game was lost because of three straight three and outs in the fourth quarter in which the Cardinals even get one or two first downs. We're probably in here talking about 
maybe the most satisfying win of the season for the Cardinals. Certainly against the best team they've played this year. Not that the Chargers are that good, but they're better than some of the other teams the Cardinals have played. And instead, we're talking about a team that's four and eight and still has five games to go, which just seems like an eternity in the NFL when you don't have anything to play for. Man, that's just, that's a long time to go before playing a meaningful football game. Here's some of the other moments that kind of bury the Cardinals a little bit. Again, none of which are as big as the three straight three and outs and the 16 yards that they gained during those. There were the turnovers that weren't. Joshua Palmer's fumble forced by Trayvon Mullen. Here's what it sounded like. Takes the snap. Play action again. Herbert throws over the middle. Caught by Palmer in Cardinal territory at the 40. Fumble the ball. It's loose, but recovered, it looks like, by the Chargers at the 38-yard line. Ball was coming out. The ruling on the field has been changed to a fumble recovered by the offense, number 83. It'll be Los Angeles' ball, first and ten. Okay. Please set the game clock to 12 minutes, please. That was a big play. It's, you know, they showed the replay, and it looked like, um, they said like a tie, right? It looked like both guys had it, so tie goes to the runner, and the runner was the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about, <laughs> I understand that way of describing it. When I saw the play happen, first of all, it looked to me like the Chargers had recovered it. It just looked like he fell on it, and maybe a Cardinals player came in late and tried to pull it away. Uh, I understand the guy who comes out of the pile with it usually is given the ball, but they reviewed it and whatever. So the, the Chargers go on, they score on that drive. The other play... Right, that was a big part of it, right? Because instead of getting the ball, they end up... That was the touchdown to Allen. Uh, two yards that made a 10-7, so they ended up scoring a touchdown on it. The other turnover that happened in this game that had a big kind of impact was the interception off of Kyler Murray on that fourth and one. Snap to Kyler, and he's back to throw left side. Throws a deep ball left side, and it's intercepted at the 42-yard line by Derwin James. It's it was one of those plays. It's fourth and one. You know, you you you're thinking you're going to run the ball and just get the first down. You're at your own 34 yard line. He lofts it up there, and it's a short pass. He he just he's throwing it off his back foot. It's short. He didn't even give Hopkins a real chance to make a play on the ball. It ends up getting intercepted, and the Chargers now for, lucky for the Cardinals that he intercepted it instead of knocking it down. But the Chargers ended up with the ball at the 45 yard line. Yeah, would have been better, but. It ended up with it at the 45. That led to another touchdown, the 33-yard pass to DeAndre Carter. So now the Chargers are up 14-10. to 10. So those are two big swing plays that resulted directly in points. And yeah, you're right. It would have been better if, if Derwin James had just knocked it down, but they still got the ball back and they were still able to drive for a touchdown. The other was, and I didn't think much of it at the time, but in a game that was decided by one point, Matt Prater from 49, usually that's money. All on the near hash mark. Snap, spot, kick from Prater is up, has plenty of leg, and the kick is no good. He missed it. Yeah. You start the second half, your own 25-yard line. You move down the field. You're in a position right there to put some points on the board. That would have made a difference in the game, but they weren't able to get it wide. Uh, I think it was wide left on that for, for Prater. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then I'm going to throw in one more, um, and it was the Zayvon Collins interception that yep. wasn't, because even though the, the Chargers didn't score on the ensuing possession um, or, and gave the Cardinals the ball back via a punt. The field position the Cardinals would have had in that moment. Well, just listen to Dave Pash describe Shotgun it. Shotgun snap to Herbert. Straight drop back. Steps up in the pocket. Fires left side. And a diving interception made by Zayvon Collins at the 45. Gets up and runs to the 40, to the 35 and tackled there. 
Zayvon Collins with a huge play, and the Cardinals in business now, already leading by seven. After further review, it's an incomplete pass. The Arizona defender did not have control of the ball when he hit the ground. Okay. Cardinals would have gotten the ball at the Chargers' 35-yard line. Instead, they started the drive from their own 25-yard line, a 40-yard difference of where they would have started. They're in a position to kick a field goal in that at the moment. At least if they don't gain any yards. very least, they get a field goal and probably put that game away. It cost them 40 yards because Zayvon Collins, and you're right, letter of the law. Letter of the he law. He didn't have it. Yeah. He didn't have it. He, and then they celebrated. Like, he's rocking the baby afterwards. They're all celebrating. It looked like a great play by Zayvon Collins. And, but again, when they showed it, you could see the ball moving around underneath. And you, the second they showed the replay with the ball, you're like, all right, they're going to rule that thing as an incomplete pass. And it did. It made a difference because if they, if they just get the interception there, you are talking about you're in field goal range. Unless you lose yardage, you're, you're, you're kicking a 52 yard field goal at the very least. You're kicking a 52 yard field goal there to get three points. Yeah. And, and you know, some, some of that stuff is bad luck. Some of that stuff is bad circumstances. I, I thought up until the end of that game, and it's easy to do the if hands and butts thing. I thought the Cardinals had played a pretty good game up until the last three drives. Uh, up until the last three drives, they I think ran they, the ball well. Yep, they were efficient running the ball. They, you know, they weren't. Gr- Kyler wasn't great again. I, I was on with the. You know, Luke and Wolf, and what do you think? Kyler was okay. He was okay. He was fine. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He was okay. You know, still waiting for that great Kyler Murray game. But yeah, they were efficient. They were they 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 got some points on the board. There, uh, they they spread the ball around quite a bit. But I was really impressed. The running game was impressive. The pass rush was impressive. But they just weren't able to close out the game at the end of the game when they needed to close out the game. They weren't able to do it. No, I I thought it was one of the most. The word you used was the right one. The most efficient offensive games we've. Seen. Seen so far out of them this year that they, they seemed it felt like there was much more of a plan with what they were doing until the end when they couldn't get a first down to save their lives and then they there was no plan from that moment on but it, it's it's too bad because I think it would have been I know it would have been their best win of the season and instead it's just another loss in the season filled with a bunch of losses yeah and they've lost you know their average margin of victor uh, of loss is actually pretty high but they've had like three really tough losses and that was one of them yeah Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open right now at 620-620. Yeah, they lost. And yeah, it knocks them even further out of contention. But when we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, we'll tell you what the Cardinals should at least feel a little good about. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Here we go! Quick! Yeah! Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go, let's go, let's go. 4.30 in the afternoon here in Burns and Gimbo on this Big Red Monday. Cardinals lose 25-24 to fall 4-8 and eight on the season. We'll continue to talk more about that game. But first, let's get an update on our non-Cardinals-related Twitter poll question of the day. And for that, we turn things back over to Eric Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Kenny, is it Ken or Kenny? It's Kenny. Is are we going with Kenny? I, I, go I wasn't Kenny. sure. I just wanted to be Kenneth. You know, it's not Ken. When he makes a bowl game, he could be Ken. <laughs> Rose Dilly Dilly. We're not calling him Dilly Dilly. No, we're not doing that. Quit playing. Listen, that. we always wanted KD to end up in Arizona. There now we got is. him. Walk, walk, KD walk, in Arizona. Walk. He was looking around like. 
like when yeah. he was saying it too. Like this is it. This is the one. KD baby. Uh, that just hit me. Clickbait. Yeah, Nobody else are. has used that, but that, that just hit me right then. We are trying to get clickbait. That's for sure. Uh, Kenny Dillingham named the head coach at ASU over the weekend. It, a mostly expected move. His name was the one that had kind of been at the forefront for the last week or so, maybe even longer than that. He gets the gig. The local guy. The dream comes true for him to get the job that he's always wanted to have. And now the grades uh, from the fans are coming out about this. And what do you got for us on this one? Well, we know it was maybe the expected move, but what is it? The best move. What are we grading? A, B, C, or D? I'll get your answers before I reveal everybody else's. B. It's B. I think it's just he hasn't coached a game yet. It hasn't recruited a player yet. I, I don't know. know. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think like there are hires where you go, okay, that's an A. You, you, you say the Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. I don't know how he's going to do there. Luke Fickle's won a lot of games in Cincinnati. and he's Matt out Rule's of, a great hire. Matt Rule's Nebraska. a really good hire, too. Those, those coaches had multiple opportunities in front of them and were very specific about the jobs they chose. I think given everything going on with the program, Kenny Dillingham was probably the best case scenario for ASU. So do you grade them on a curve then? Is that an A for ASU if it's the best they could do? Um, I should have been graded on a curve. <laughs> I would have loved that. I, I'm sh- <laughs> you're not very smart. So Mr. Gambadoro, you're not very smart. Passing so th- is a 50 for you. This D that I normally would have mm. given you is a B it's for a B. you because you're you and it's the best you can do. I That's a good point, but I still think it's a B. Just given that the other coaches that were hired have a much larger volume of success. Put it this way. We're we're not disappointed by the hire. Nobody's like, oh, my God. We're not, like, questioning the hire like we did with Herm Edwards. No. This guy, he's got a great track record. He wants to be here. He's from me. Like, there's a lot to like about it. And I don't really think the age is going to be a a negative thing. So I think it's fine. But Eric brings up a good point. If it it truly was the best they could have done, and it might be the best they could have done, then maybe you do have to give them an because they might not have been able to do any better than that given everything going on with the program. I'll still stick with a B. That's fair. B is in second place, but this one's gotten a little bit closer, still edging it out in first. 42.2% is A. In second place, 37.8% is B. 12.4% to C. 7.6% are from Tucson, D, or below. (laughs) (laughs) Who was it that we had on? Oh, it was Wilner. The last time we had John Wilner on, Pac-12 Insider from the San Jose Mercury News, he said the guy that ASU should hire is the guy who makes them the most uncomfortable down in Tucson. I wonder how uncomfortable Kenny Dillingham makes Jed Fish and the Wildcats down in Tucson. Jed Fish has things rolling right now. He sure does. Okay, they won the game. They had a good season. They won, you know, what, what they won? Five, five games? games? Five, yeah, five games, U of A? Yep. They've done a really good job with tra- the transfer portal. They've done a good job in recruiting. Um, I mean, I can see where over the next few years where U of A is is the better program in college football for the next few years. For the next couple of years until Dillingham gets things up and running. But I, I would think that this hire might make U of A a little nervous because I think Kenny Dillingham is going to prioritize the same recruiting bases that U of A is. I think they're going to be going after a lot of the same guys, and it's kind of competition for that now, which is maybe how the way it should always be. So you can continue to vote on that poll question. Find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where it's at. James Conner, the lone back. Murray hands it to him. Off the left side. Through a crease at the 50. 45-40. And down to the 37 of the Chargers. So 20 more yards on the ground. 
James Conner closing in on 100 for the day. A minute in to the third quarter. The Cardinals on the move. That was the problem with yesterday's loss by the Cardinals was that in some ways it was like, well, you know, the shame of them losing to the Chargers was dot, dot, dot. And one of those was James Conner having a really good day. Another one was the pass rush getting right and getting contributions across the board from a lot of different guys. Some of it was Isaiah Simmons having a good game right up until the very end. I thought Isaiah Simmons played very, very well yesterday until the end. There, There were a lot of things that went Right for the they, Cardinals they had a big, yesterday. They had a big investment in James Conner, and that was his first 100-yard game uh, You know, with the Cardinals, right? First 100-yard game. So 25 carries, 120 yards, uh, good, you know, good game. Usually in Pittsburgh, I think I was reading this note on AC Central, they were 8-0-1 in situations when he played for the Steelers where he had over 100 yards rushing right around there. Got the workload. It was evident early, too. Like, early in the game, it was evident. Like, they're going to be able to run on the Chargers. Oh, you could tell right, right away. Right from the get-go. Connor's first run, 18 yards. You know, then he fumbled, but you know, then you know the next couple of runs, 8 yards, 6 yards, 5 yards. Like, they're going to be able to run on the Chargers are not a good defense at stopping the run. They'd really struggled over, especially over the last four games. So that was where, like, this is a James Conner game. Look, they spent a lot of money on him. They brought him back. Probably a mistake. Maybe that money would have been better used elsewhere. But what he did yesterday was kind of showed why they paid him that much money, because when he's right, he could really help that offense and, and the running game get going. Yeah, here's Cliff after the game. Yeah, we knew that would be a big part of the game if we could do that. Uh, I thought he ran well. Um most of the game, you know, obviously the fumble, we'd like to have that back, but when you can get him going early, it usually uh, is a good sign for our offense. Did you see the note from our own Vinny Murata on Twitter this morning? No. Sunday against the Chargers, it's a James Conner related note. Sunday against the Chargers marked the 30th time since the Cardinals moved to Arizona in 1988 that the Cardinals ran for more than 180 yards in a game. It's second only, time? Second time I they've lost. Then I did see it, yeah. Second time they've lost. I had to remind myself. Second time oh, they've lost. The second time they've lost when they've in run for Arizona when they've run for that many yards. Yeah. But that wasn't the only thing that, the you know, and again, we're not trying to spin what happened yesterday into positives, but I think if we're just being honest about it, there were some positives that happened. The offense, we talked about this in a little in the last segment, they did look far more cohesive, and I think a lot of that had to do with having D-Hop and Hollywood Brown on the field for the same time. It, it, it seemed to make a difference, and certainly they were able to move those guys around a little bit and do different things with them. Kyler looked comfortable in throwing to them. The defense, for the most part, I mean... Nobody's blaming the defense for what happened yesterday. And with good no. reason, nobody should be blaming the defense no. for what happened yesterday. It was only a matter of time until the Chargers were going to score with the Cardinals' inability to get a first down on those three drives in the fourth quarter. The defense, for the most part, held up, did their job yesterday against the Chargers team. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about the pass rush for so long. Like, you know, they got to get a pass rush. They got Well, they got a pass rush in that game. Isaiah Simmons had a sack. Zach Allen had a sack. J.J. Watt had a sack. Cameron Thomas had a sack. Uh, Watt and Allen each had pass deflections and and some quarterback hits. So, like, yeah, they did a they did a pretty good job of getting some pressure, especially when they only rushed four guys and they didn't have to blitz. They got burned a couple of times on the blitz, but when they just rushed four, they were able to get some pressure, and that was good to see that they were able to do that. I tell you what, the Chargers not that good. 
No, I mean, it, it would have been the no, best win of the alive. year, but not good. I mean, they're yeah. alive. They, they're still very much in the race. And I think and they got they get the Broncos this uh, week. I believe, is that correct? I think they get the I think they get the Broncos. Do the Chargers get the Broncos? You don't know? No, they don't get they don't get the Broncos. You're shaking your head. Is that a no? They get or? somebody no, the in the division. The Ravens. So the Chargers play somebody else. They get somebody in the division. Maybe it's the Raiders. Maybe it's the Raiders. They play. I know they get a division game. So that, it's probably the Raiders. I was going to say, if you just stall for five Yeah, I just I don't remember. I just look. remember that they're playing somebody in a division. So that keeps them in it. I mean, that was a big win for them. That keeps them right in the thick of things as far as the playoffs the are concerned. Yeah, it's the they're, Raiders. They're at the Raiders. Yeah, yeah they're playing, okay. they're playing uh, Vegas there. Um, yeah, they're, 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 they're just on the outside looking in. I think they're tied with the Six Patriots for the last playoff spot in the AFC. Yeah, but when you get to this point, like every, like every game is life or death. Like you lose that game, you're five and six, you're probably done. You probably five and six, you might be done, but six and five, it keeps them alive. It keeps them in it. Yeah, and I didn't get a lot of help. You know, some teams like like the Jets winning, and uh, you know, the AFC is it's there's, there's a bunch of teams that are still alive in the AFC. You can text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line six twenty six twenty is where you can get a hold of us. We get a chance. We'll read the best ones on the air when we come back. The latest rumored destination for Jake Crowder kind of depends on who you ask at this point. We'll give you the latest next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. If you missed the news from earlier today, James Jones got a promotion with the Phoenix Suns. He is now the um, president of basketball operations and general manager of the Phoenix Suns. He was promoted to that position today. It was announced today. He obviously has been their GM since 2019. It's been an incredible run of success, and obviously it's a well-deserved promotion. What it means in terms of the changes to his job description, his job duties, I don't know. I assume we'll have James on later this week, and we'll be able to talk to him about that. Um, but obviously, well-deserved for a guy who has authored this great era of Suns basketball that has continued this season despite all the things that have worked against them so far. They've got the best record in the Western Conference. They have the second-best point differential in the NBA. They're riding a five-game win streak right now. They haven't lost. With injuries. With the injuries. I mean, players. No Chris Paul. No Cam Johnson. They just got Landry Shamit back right there. there it's a, Devin Booker, honestly, it hasn't shot the ball great the last few games, right? Like it hasn't been. Well, Landell came. Like you know, Landell doesn't play for a few days, then he comes in and he kicks some ass. Like he was great in that last game. So big wins over the Pistons. The Jazz game was unreal. I mean, that was another one of those really good, hard fought games. And the Jazz are tough. Like that's a good matchup between the Jazz and the Suns right a now. Playoff preview potentially. Yeah, yeah. The, D- depending on how things go, uh, that right could... now if the playoffs were today, I think they would end up playing each other today. I, probably. I, if you take the 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 playing games out of it, I think it'd be one eight, right? I think you're right. I think you're right. So either one yeah. eight, two seven, nine is a long way to go before that. And of course we're all, and I bring up the James Jones promotion because I'm sure the next time we have James Jones on, something will come up about Jay Crowder, like wondering when and all right. what's going to happen with that. The latest rumor over the weekend, and you sent me a bunch of stories about this over the yeah. weekend. The Golden State Warriors. I don't know why you would trade him to the Warriors. I have no idea why you would trade I don't, him. There. I don't get that one either. But there is a, there is a bunch of stories. I'm going to bring up a name that I that I've heard in, in just a minute here. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't understand why you would trade him to a team that you're probably going to match up with at some point in the playoffs and and give them him because they've they've talked about like would you trade James? The Suns don't need James Wiseman. 
The Suns don't. James Wiseman, like he's the, the G League guy. Like he's not. The Suns have a center. They don't need a center. They want a wing. So I was looking at uh, the possibilities for trades with the Warriors because there are a bunch of you know rumors out there about about that, and it just uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me, like how they could make a deal work it or why they would even want to make a deal work with them. No, it doesn't. You sent me those stories. And I read them, and it still didn't make any sense to yeah, me. Yeah, it says the Warriors reportedly have interest in acquiring stranded Suns forward Jay Crowder just because their prospective partnership would placate wants and needs, so hardly means Crowder will soon be found for, uh, for the Bay. But they talk about salary matching hurdles and a half-season rental and a, a third team maybe having to come in, what you'd have to do. I just, man, can you see them trading a guy no. like Jay Crowder to a team that they may have to play in the playoffs? No, no, I can't. It, that, that, that's the part that doesn't make any sense to me is that, is that I, I mean, I get it. You got to trade into the team where you're going to get the best offer from, right? And at some point, that trumps the other stuff. Yeah. But you're probably going to see them at some point during the Western Conference playoffs. At least it's likely you would. I just don't know if you would want to kind of give them that kind of ammunition. Now, that, like you mentioned, the salaries don't match up great between these two teams. It's it's not. And then there's another report that there's like five teams that are interested in Jay Crowder, the Heat. We've heard about the Heat. We've heard about the Bucks. We've heard about the Warriors. I, I, I continue the closer we get to December 15th, right? And okay. we're only two and a half weeks away. You might as well just wait. If if you're if it's not your plan as it is to wait for December fifteenth, at this point you might as well make that your plan. You've yeah. done fine without him. You can go two more weeks without moving him and still be relatively assured of being one of the better teams in the West. Why not wait until a third of the league becomes available for a trade? It just seems logical to wait for that. Even with Golden State, some of these guys are not available until mid December. Like a Jamichael Green is not available. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. December 15th, Jermichael Green, December 15th. So there are guys, Andre Guadalla, December 26th. Um, so there are guys that a lot of guys on every team you look at, right, a third of the league we talk about isn't going to be available. We'll see. One of the names that I want to bring up. Yeah, just, that's why I was cutting it short because I want to hear yeah. this name. What do you think about Miles Bridges? Comes with some baggage. Ooh, lots of baggage. Comes with some baggage. Lots and lots and lots. Charlotte of doesn't want him back. They don't want him back. They're not going to bring him back next year. They don't think him and PJ Washington, you know, really, really fit um, together. But a lot of teams are monitoring that. I think it's something that the Suns have kicked the tires on, believe it or not. But is it a PR nightmare? I mean,. You know, what he yeah. did to his girlfriend in front of their children. And, you know, that's he's a restricted free agent. The Hornets did make a qualifying offer to him. So they still have the right to match any offer. He's only 24 years old. Um, and I, they don't want they're not going to want him back. And I, I think I've heard that they want to get more veteran players around for ball in the future. You know, they don't want a bunch of young guys for, for LaMelo. They want to have more veteran guys in there. But he pleaded, you know, no contest. Felony domestic violence charge. Felony domestic violence. Yeah, it was three weeks ago when he pleaded no contest to that. He was sentenced to three years of probation, no jail time. Um, this is not a name that anybody's brought up with the Suns until I'm bringing it up right now. Nobody's mentioned. I'm, I'm bringing this up, and 
you know, for a little bit of a reason, I believe that there's been some tire kickings on Miles Bridges. Yeah, he, he's the, the no contest plea means that he is accepting the punishment and the conviction without formally admitting guilt in the case. He was accused of assaulting his then girlfriend in front of their two children back in May. He was poised to get paid a lot of money before this happened. He's good. He was he was going into that in that free agency territory where he could have been extended and he could have gotten a good deal because he's very good. And you and something stands out that you had said about what the Suns are looking for in this deal. They need a wing player. They need another wing player. They want another wing guy. Yeah. Miles Bridges is that guy. Can you bring in a player like that coming off of the investigation into the organization and the owner? Um, can you separate the two? I mean, one thing doesn't have anything to do with the other, but I mean, you are coming off of investigation and... You know, I mean, there's a lot of women that are up, you know, in the organization that spoke out about the Suns, and now you've got a guy who just pled no contest for domestic uh, with a with a woman. I just like that's that's something you have to figure out if you could, you know. Again, the two are unrelated because you're you're. I mean, there was no violence that was a part allegedly of what. Robert Sarver had done, you know, there was harassment and intimidation and things like that, but but not not to this level. I it would be really tricky. It, it would be I hadn't thought of the connection because we're just talking about this now for the first time. I hadn't thought of that connection and whether that would be a problem. I would guess the Suns would pass yeah. on it. Just a guess. I, my, so his wife accused him of choking her until she passed out, breaking her nose and giving her a concussion in a disturbing domestic violence attack that uh, um, the child they share was allegedly present for. Yeah. I, so I so mean, that's where like, OK, like because you think about it a lot, like he'll continue his career somewhere. Just where unless I'm forgetting about something, the Monty James era hasn't really involved too many players with questionable character concerns, unless I'm forgetting about something. And if I am, then I'll... Which is why maybe you you can take a chance on a guy yeah, because your that's, track record that's one way of really looking good. at it, is that your track record is so good you can, you can do that, or you're very specifically keeping guys like that out of your locker room. You know, and that this might follow that trend of, hey, look, we haven't done it yet. We're not about to start. But you might be right. It might. The other side of it might be, hey, we've gone this long without doing it. We feel like we have the kind of culture that could take in a player like that, you know, and a fan base that would accept it. I, my, well, I don't know. My guess is the fan base would quickly look past whatever it was that he had done because this fan base is starved yeah. for a player that would make them My better. understanding is that Charlotte wants to have more veterans around LaMelo. So that's, you know, they want more veterans around LaMelo. Jay would be, if, now they're not going anywhere. It's a bad basketball team and having a terrible year. LaMelo's missed a whole lot of the season. Yeah. But I, so Jay would just like, again, it's for the development of LaMelo as to why they would be interested in Jay. All right. When we come back, the guy who reportedly might want the Cardinals head coaching job had some thoughts about this year's team. Sean Payton spoke on the Cardinals today. You'll hear what he had to say next on the Burns and Gambo show.